about the very same issues in the very same way that he did when he started his campaign. And for his whole career. Yeah. You know, she, the Clintons, I've said this before, the Clintons get tougher coverage than anyone else in American politics. Bernie Sanders has become the darling, not just of his supporters, but of many people in the media. And, you know, as our friend and uh, uh, noted uh, pundit Haley Barber says, former governor yes. of Mississippi in politics, good gets better, bad gets worse. That's why I say she needs to start winning some days. She needs to have some good news because he's got momentum now. And the, uh, the ability that she has to stop his momentum, turn things around and start to rebuild is diminished as he continues to win one day after another. Charlie, okay. I, I just add to that. Everything Mark said I think is right, but I, you know, you're a big fan, we all are, of the narrative. Yeah, exactly. if, you look right now at the, if you look right now at the two closing argument ads that the campaigns have put out, yesterday, Secretary Clinton, a minute long ad that stressed her experience, her readiness for the presidency, her time in the situation room when President Obama decided to take out Osama bin Laden. And then today, Bernie Sanders putting out a one-minute ad, his closing argument ad, which has no policy in it, has no uh, credentials in it. It is an, an inspirational ad set to Simon Garfunkel's America with faces of his supporters and inspiring images. It is 2008 all over again. It is her f eight years ago, ready from day one, uh, ready to be commander-in-chief. Right. I'm tough enough, strong enough, experienced enough. Bernie Sanders, inspiration, aspiration, hope, change. And I just think if you look at the Democratic electorate in 2008, they were ready for Barack Obama's message more than they were for hers. The electorate now, eight years later, is no, is, is, if anything, is more, uh, is, is more prime for, for the message of hope and change than that Bernie Sanders is delivering and less amenable to an establishment message like hers. Okay, let me turn quickly to the Republicans. First in Iowa. Uh, where does that stand? Is Ted Cruz going to win? Well, there's a new poll out tonight that shows Trump with the lead, a CNN ORC poll. And most of the recent polling has shown either the race tight or Trump doing better, Cruz doing worse. It's a battle for first, but barring the huge unexpected, it's one or the other. I think that um, the tail between the two of them is going to be fought out over, hard fought over the next two weeks. Now that you see, uh, a week and a half rather, now that you see that Trump is... Uh, engaging with Cruz. Cruz is engaging back every day. Right. And it's impossible to say who's getting the better of the exchanges. But I will say that Trump has a, a strong message that he's driving hard. The fact that the governor of Iowa has now made it clear that he doesn't want Cruz to win. Sarah Palin will, ha will help Trump in Iowa. He's planning a lot of visits. If I had to bet today, I would bet on Trump. Yeah. Bob Dole said, seemed to have said something, too. Yeah, Dole came out and said that if he had to choose between Trump and, and, and Cruz, he would pick Trump. And, and that was taken as kind of a sign uh, that, that some establishmentarians, at least, mm -hmm. are so uh, unhappy with the idea of a Cruz nominee that they'd even accept Trump, who they don't like the idea of, but they may like, it, make that, like that idea a little bit more than accepting Ted Cruz. You know, I, look, right now, as Mark said, Donald Trump is still driving his same message that he's been driving since he started this campaign. And Ted Cruz is now responding to Donald Trump and trying to find ways to take right. Donald okay. Trump down. That's something Cruz has not done for months. And you, so you see Cruz attacking Trump alternately in the course of 24 hours as being maybe too much of an establishmentarian, that doesn't sound that credible, or saying he's a closet liberal. And there's some cause for that, but you see Trump now kind of uh, befuddled a little bit, the way a lot of other candidates have, Cruz. I'm sorry, Cruz right. now Cruz. kind exactly. of befuddled in the way a lot of other candidates have been by Trump. Right. And, and that, again, for the, I mean, neither one of us would, would want to make a bet on this, but I still think right now Trump is, has the whip hand in that battle between, between with him and Ted Cruz. Okay, would you want to bet, make a bet on who might come in third 
In New Hampshire? Uh, in New Hampshire. Well, you'd have to then say who's going to come in second in New Hampshire, right? Oh, yes. And Ted Cruz right now, you know, there's this extraordinary uh, dynamic here amongst the four establishment candidates, John Kasich, Jeb Bush, Chris Christie, and Marco Rubio. Um, we're calling it the prisoner's dilemma. All four of them <laughs> would, um, would like to see an establishment candidate be the nominee, not Trump or Cruz. And yet all four of them can make a very compelling and realistic case that they're the right establishment candidate to be the one to try to stop the two anti-establishment candidates. All four of them are competing here in New Hampshire. All four of them can point to polling or endorsements or grassroots activity to say, I'm going to be the one who finishes either second to Trump or third behind Trump and Cruz. Cruz is able to consolidate religious conservatives, gun owners, other people on the right wing of the party in New Hampshire in a way that if the establishment guys all basically get around 10%, you could easily see Trump first, Cruz second, and an establishment person finishing third, but the story then probably would not be the third place finish. It would be, wow, Trump...